Welcome to AM Best Audio. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, we have John Welsh, who is Aspen's Chief Underwriting Officer for Reinsurance with a global focus. And we also have, from a head of Singapore, we have Boone. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining us today. Look, Aspen Re, uh, I think you've already shared with us, John, that you there's a global presence about Aspen Re, and that's part of your role. Where, where do you see, if you like, the current market status with sure. reinsurance and, and capital at the moment? Uh, absolutely. The, the market generally, Rob, is in, is in good shape, right? So as we look at the businesses we're in, Aspenry has gone through a number of years of kind of re-underwriting, remediation, trying to get the right business mix. Yes. A lot of that is behind us. Uh, as we look forward, we're happy with uh, the mix we have. We, we have offices in Singapore, Zurich, London, Bermuda, the U.S., so all the major markets right. uh, doing property and casualty. And as we look at next year's plan and the year after, we, we think the business will continue to be attractive. Um, there'll always be nuances and things to work on within markets and Certainly. particular seasons. Uh, but, but we think generally it's an attractive market looking out the next couple of years. And, and, and we think we have a good opportunity to, to grow in that market and, and, and be relevant. So you see Aspen Re is actually on, on a journey of further expansion and growth rather than trying to plateau per se. Now is, are you finding that there's new uh, capital entering the market which sort of distorts where you want to be? I, I, we haven't seen it distort. We, we've actually kind of had that wind at our back a bit. So where we have seen more interest in capital is really alternative capital that's looking to support companies in the industry. We have alternative capital backing our casualty business, our property right. cat business, uh, and they're looking to kind of incrementally grow behind yes, us. Yes, yes. Um, and so partnering with us to, to see what we can work with them on. So, so that's been a plus for us because it allows us, you know, we're not the biggest company in the industry, so it's nice to have yep. that extra capacity to be able to, to grow and be more relevant for the clients. Um, from a threat perspective, we haven't seen that. You know, there was certainly some Monte Carlo stories about this new company or that new company. I'm not sure they're going to make too much of a difference in the market, uh, yep. certainly anytime soon. So uh, in terms of capital coming in as a direct competitor, we're, we're not seeing a lot of it and that's not really something we're concerned about right now. So that sort of indicates to me that there's a maturity amongst the reinsurers and a better understanding that they can use alternative capital markets right. to support their traditional markets and traditional capital sources, right. which is... That, that's a healthy sign for the industry, really, isn't it? So yeah. you can see where that's going. So are you finding the, um, with, if you like, the severity or the income of revenue severity that is impacting the reinsurers because of the recent last two years of catastrophes, et cetera, what sort of impact is that having on Aspen Re and the reinsurance industry? Well, it's, it's been an interesting uh, shift in the market, particularly in North America. Yes. Um, you know, last year, and outside North America too, relatively disruptive. You know, lots of changes in the structures, attachment points for programs, obviously price went way up. And so as, as you look at how this year has played out, there's been a number of uh, CAT mm. events. And for the most part, they've been borne more by the insurance companies than the reinsurance companies. And we've seen that at Aspen. So, you know, it's kind of a test of the theory about whether the retentions are set right. Yes. And, yeah. and the test, I'd say, on the Aspen side has been passed. You know, we're taking the right amount of loss, but not too much loss. 
as, yeah. uh, as these events happen. So that's taken the severity down quite a bit. Aspen, you know, through six months, the results are excellent. Third quarter looks quite good as well. Um, and so we're kind of happy with the structure of the market at the moment. Okay, so where would you see the, the if you like, the cycle of uh, you know, it's, um, that's a great question, and, and I can certainly talk in generalities. You know, as we look out the next two or three years um, across the portfolio, we think it'll be relatively stable. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, there's going to be pockets of disruption and things to manage. Uh, but there seems to be a balance right now in the industry uh, between buyers and sellers. Mm -hmm. There seems to be an understanding uh, with intermediaries uh, that, that uh, risk needs to be paid for. Yes. Um, and so the margins that we're looking at now, we think are going to hold up reasonably well okay. over the next couple of years. You know, there's always that worry about whether you can keep up with the loss trend or whether you'll start to fall behind. And at least as we look out, it'll be a couple of years before I think people are willing to allow loss trend to outpace the, the yeah. rate increases. Well, one of the always interesting things with reinsurers is that it's really actually built on trust and long-term relationships. Right. And, yeah, there's expected to be the bad years, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, I think that, I think the issue has been there's been too many in a <laughs> row for the reinsurers. So uh, I've yes. been around in the reinsurance industry for 25 years, and so you've certainly seen yeah. periods where it swings back and forth. Uh, but it, but as I said, it does feel like there's a bit of a balance right now, right? Um, and and consensus that the market is in a, a pretty good place. So. Okay. Thank you for that. So Boone, how are you finding that's in actually impacting with the, the operations here in Singapore based on what John just shared with us? Sure, sure. I think Asia possibly uh, we have different sets of challenges because uh, I think what's important to remember is that you know Asia is quite diverse and quite fragmented at times. So when we talk about all the you know changes in this past year, it actually um, affects each territories quite differently. Yes. So certainly from our point of view, it's not just I mean it's been a very topical issue across the conference that everybody's talking about you know how much price increases we're expecting. But yes. really, in Asia, uh, beyond prices, there are lots of uh, structural issues, uh, buying behavior that we're trying to address as well. So it's never a one-dimensional conversation that we're having. But certainly, with the market changes that we're seeing, I think it helps us. It gives us a bit more momentum to discuss the other issues we're talking about. I mean, one classic one would be uh, the deductible levels. We're talking about the you know over reliance on proportionate 3D, for example. Yes. I think these are all issues that should be wrapped together with the discussions on the uh, rate changes. So yep. in in this light, I think the current momentum is actually helping us uh, engaging the clients to, to to steer them towards the right direction. It it sounds like you're implying there, John, that there's there's an education process now that has to be undertaken by the insurers and their clients. And I suppose, for want of a better description, John, looking at, um, if you like, the governance and the internal risk management processes of the actual clients, the businesses themselves, rather than turning around and saying, we've insured it, we've, we've managed our risk, when really they haven't managed their risk, right. all they've done is given themselves a, a, a a night where they can go to bed sleeping well. Right. Well, that, that absolutely has to be part of the underwriting process. And so yeah. as we pick clients and, and find partners we want to work with, you know, we really are looking for a long-term partnership so yeah. that there's, there's a dialogue back and forth about risks and how they're being managed, data quality, uh, PMLs, things like that, how they're addressing the risk, how they're yeah. measuring it. Yeah. Um, and that's how we feel comfortable. We're not, we're not ones to kind of come in and out or be opportunistic. Yeah. We'd rather have that 
relationship, have that understanding. And, and, and many of the clients are also looking for feedback from us on how their processes mm -hmm. can, be, can be made better. Um, so that's, that's how we go about it's an opportunity. Becoming, yeah, becoming comfortable with the risk management. Customize your data experience. BestLink now offers an interactive company dashboard that provides company-level intelligence in a fast, user-friendly interface featuring interactive tables, charts, and Sparkline performance histories. Customize the dashboard tiles to prioritize the insurer ratings, data, and analytics that best support your workflow. AM Best. Our insight, your advantage. With the uh, current geopolitical tensions, not that we want to get into the actual details of the countries involved, what sort of impact is that having for uh, a global reinsurer like Aspen Re, and how do they how do they manage that process in terms of because a lot of their clients will have some exposure, right. etc. Right. If you could share that with us, no, that'd be it's, great. Uh, that's a great question, and it's something we talk about quite a bit. Uh, okay. We're very careful about the coverages uh, we're, we're willing to sell, being able, and it doesn't mean we're not going to sell, say, war or terror or uh, uh, strike riot and civil commotion. We're certainly selling yep. those. We're, we're trying to have the right attachment points. We're trying to have the right limits and aggregates. Um, so we will participate, but we're being very careful about the risk that's being transferred. Yeah, it's uh, insurance is all about quantitative and qualitative measurements, but sometimes there it, there's a lot of uncertainty. So uh, yeah, I wish you good luck in that particular area. <laughs> One of the topical issues that uh, I've noticed, particularly at this conference, is how people are viewing vibe, uh, cyber. Right. both from an education, uh, another from risk, right. another what is the underlying purpose behind the cyber. Could you share your thoughts on that and where that's, Aspen uh, Rees place? That's a very good question. There's a very uh, simple answer from the Aspen perspective. The decision's been made at the group level that our cyber initiatives will be on the insurance side. So right. on the reinsurance side, we essentially don't write standalone cyber. Right. It's a very interesting market. We're staying on top of it because it may change down the road. Yeah. Um, so we're having conversations with clients, but at the moment we're not really participating in kind of the standalone cyberspace on a reinsurance side. Is it attaching on some of, if you like, uh, your business interruption certainly, covers? Certainly and there's some incidental cyber, uh, particularly in the casualty treaties, professional liability. Um, so we will take that as part of a multi-line initiative, but, right. but also working hard to kind of understand, you know, what the caps are and the limits and, and what it right. can mean to us under different scenarios. And, and how are you with the... Uh, uh, I try and use the expression economic impact when we're talking about cat experiences. Are you actually seeing in real terms there's actually an increase in cost associated with the cats or it's just because of asset values, inflation? Where does Aspen I, see I that? Think, well, I think a lot of what's driving the cats is uh, putting things in dangerous places. Yes. You know, inflation certainly is, is part of it, but I think it's really the exposure growth that's that's really impacted impacted the size of these cats uh, yes. uh, taking place. And so then you see a, you know, the the recent Florida uh, event, which didn't hear, hit a very populated area, and, and it was very modest for the uh, for the industry. So. Um, so that's probably more the concern as we, as we start to measure it, you know, where is the exposure, what's the vulnerability within that. We try to stay up to date, obviously, on, on all the modeling. Um, inflation is certainly part of it as well, just the, the cost of rebuilding, supply of labor, labor yeah. shortage, all of that plays into it. Okay. I'll digress, but it sort of lends itself in a way.
How are you finding all the regulatory hurdles that you have to face with all the countries that you're in and those environments and, and pulling it together? It, it's a good question. I mean, certainly as a reinsurer, uh, we would love to be able to operate globally and supply, you know, protection to, to clients around the world. Yep. Not every regulator is interested in that relationship, um, <laughs> and so they are requiring in certain places, you know, local capital, yep. uh, and 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 that becomes difficult for us because you know. We, you can't always reach the scale you want mm. to be able to have local offices in all these jurisdictions that are looking for local no. branches. Understood. And so we're having conversations uh, certainly with the, the clients and the brokers uh, to the extent there's opportunities that are kind of outside the core domestic reinsurance yes. market. You know, we want to hear about them, we want to participate in them. Uh, but Aspen's really not large enough to plant a flag in, in every country that's looking for domestic capital. I, I don't know how companies like Aspen Re and a lot of these other global reinsurers, how they sleep at night trying to work out what the regulator's next move is going to be. One from how they ca uh, calculate the regulatory solvency with solvency two, and, and no, we're not talking about equivalency, which I know is one of your favourite subjects, John. I, I apologise for the insincerity of the comment, but how you got the US different capital models compared to Europe, compared to Australia, compared to Asia. It's a uh, I always find it fascinating that you've got so many hurdles to get through, which can impact uh, on your ratings, etc., etc. Look, just to wrap it up, John, where where do you see the markets in terms of where Aspen Re wants to be in, like a two to five year time frame? Is it is it consolidating or is it a growth phase? And where do you see those opportunities? Certainly, uh, Aspen Re is in a, I'd say, a modest growth phase. Uh, okay. Given where we are in our company history, um, there's a lot of questions about the, the future ownership and, and where we'll be in a few years in terms of capital providers. Yes. Um, so in the short term, it's having a consistent, predictable result to the best extent you can in the reinsurance business um, and sticking kind of with a strategy that's worked well for us and with, with what I would call modest growth yes. uh, over the next few years. As, as the, so almost the like business. sustainable growth with the, the capital, etc. Yeah. Not, not looking to kind of rewrite the strategy Especially. and add a bunch of new, new exposure. But. Understood. And from your end, Boone, how does that impact what you're doing with the Singapore operations? Yeah, certainly. I think in the past, in the course of the past two years, we have more or less redefined our appetite and strategy in this part of the world, very much in line with the group strategy. So certainly, I think we're going to just keep on with the same momentum. Uh, in short, we're not going to be trying to satisfy all the demands and requirements of our clients, but in the chosen areas that we have uh, 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 decided to specialize in, I think we're going to uh, we're going to be trying to be very responsive to the market needs. And I think essentially that that's um, that's going to be access to lost treaties in most of the areas that working in yes. across different lines of business. Okay. Yeah, that that will remain unchanged. Okay. And to to wrap it up, John, where do you see that the capital and the industry at the moment is it sustainable? Does it need more, or is there a time for a little bit of release of capital? What's your viewpoint? Well, it's good. it looks like it's going to be a great 2023. So uh, I imagine there'll be you know, some capital return to to the investors. Um, but I do think it's it's sustainable. I think it's a good balance at the moment, um, particularly in the reinsurance industry. Boone, John. Really appreciate you taking the time to thank share you. your viewpoints and uh, thank you and I look forward to seeing you in 2024 to see how you went with the Great. balanced growth phase. Sure. But thank you very much for that. Thank Cheers, you. John. Yep. Thanks, Boone. Thank you. Thank Cheers. You.
Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day, find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.